from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the Jack and Spike Show. Welcome back to the Jack and Spike Show. A Holocaust education bill has been proposed, and some people are against it. Why? Because they are insane people. DUI drivers could be required to pay restitution to the children of people that they kill or disable under a new bill. I think this is a great law. But before we get to all of that, I got to say, it's not unusual every so often to have John Curley on twice a week. I said, John, can you come on Mondays and Tuesdays? Because I, I got to get my John Curley fix. And here he is waltzing in in a nice suede suit. Not, his microphone's not on, I suppose. Glitter. Uh, you know, given the last weather and news report from the mountain pass in, think- in North Bend, I worry that John's... Frozen in place? Well, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> or at least connected to the station. Andrew is, uh, I'm assuming that Mr. I checked with him just right before he was coming on. Yeah. Oh, well, I've know, got a text. I'll be there. Hang on. Oh, I see. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Well, why don't we? Here, let me. Why don't we all just? Uh, why don't we all just wait for John? And we'll <laughs> just. Nice. Come on. Let's all just hold on. Okay. So basically, he's probably out splitting logs. So we can not freeze to death during the segment. Right. Well, speaking of freezing to death, by the way, there's a hearing on Inslee's plan to compel oil company price transparency. This got really, really heated. Did you read into this, Spike? I did, and I, I've been I'm talking sorry. about this for a long time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. There he is. You're good. There. I'm sorry. Hi, That's not Curley. unusual to be loved by me. Yeah. Hi, John. It feels like waiting for my parents. I know, pickup. John. I, what, what, I just no. I, I was on just one second before you started to play the music. It went off. Here's the thing. I called John on Saturday and I said, John, yes. you're such a great addition to the show. Mm-hmm. You round out oh, the political vi- vision of the show. Oh, Do you think I really liked having you on twice last week? Do you think you'd come on on Mondays and Tuesdays at two? And John, with tears in his eyes, he said, yeah. Jack. I can't believe that they're charging you with this. I can't believe that they're indicting you right now. <laughs> oh, wait, that's the Trump story. Sorry. He said... <laughs> he tears, said tears streaming down his cheeks. Hey, so, John, there's this story I wanted to ask. There's a story about this guy yes. who bit a flight attendant, and then he tried to open the plane's exit door on a flight to Seattle. And it's one of these... Mm-hmm. It's kind of your run-of-the-mill guy goes crazy on a plane. They're a dime a dozen these days because, you know, there are de- so. demons on planes ever since William Shatner saw one back in 1962. So I got to ask you this question, John. What's the craziest thing? Raise the price of airfare. (laughs) If you want to see people behave better, make it really expensive to fly, and they'll force all those people back on the buses. I was, man, I, I don't think I've ever heard it put more succinctly. It, it has become the airplanes have become the Greyhound buses of the sky. Graham, oh yeah, I feel like this is some elitist nonsense right here from a couple of boomers. Oh no, people I, can't I even put pants fa- on. They go to airplanes in pajamas. Yes, I, I did wear sweatpants for the first time on uh, my last flight, and it was kind of amazing. It is amazing. I hope you get a rash. <laughs> so, wait, John, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen on a plane? I just got to know, before we get into the Holocaust education bill and the DUI drivers, you, you fly basically like every like 20 minutes. You're on a 100, plane. 120,000 120, miles last year. Wow. Yeah. Wow, John. That's a lot of trips to Trinidad and that's Tobago to go gambling. Right now, what, yeah. So what is Ooh. the... Uh, <laughs> What? He's got an alpaca farm he has to check on daily. Is there a crazy? Is there? Have you ever had an incident like this? What's the craziest thing you've ever seen on a plane? I mean, I've seen people like getting it on, if you know what I mean. Waka waka waka. Uh, and then I, I sat next to a guy once. You saw this? Were you in the jump seat of the cockpit when yeah, that happened? What are you doing here, John? You're just gonna sk- no, skate like, right over right, there, right up to the left. But just, just <laughs> the guy, the guys were in front of me, just having some fun. 
I have one, I sat next to a guy one time. He said, I bet you anything, I get the flight attendant's phone number. I can take her out to dinner tonight. I was like, really? It was a long flight from Seattle to New York. He goes, oh, yeah, absolutely. I said, the, the pretty one, right, the, the, girl, the one right there with the blonde hair? Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Oh, yeah, got it, got it. And this guy wasn't that attractive, but you could tell he was rich because he didn't have socks, and he had that tan that started just just above the ankle bone. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, I know that. You know that I, know, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Real rich yeah, guy. He plays, so he plays golf with the like the half socks on. Sure. He's got that yeah. weird tan. The athletic yeah, socks. And sure enough, he. I watched him. He goes, yeah, I'm going to work her. I'm going to work her over. And then finally, you know, I'm going to get her number and take her to dinner tonight. And he did. Like in four hours, he went from just, you know, yeah, I'll have another gin and tonic or whatever it was to, you know, talking her up. And he goes, oh, I do it all the time. I score every time. And he, that wasn't the oddest thing, but I feel, I I think she would have probably rather been bitten by the guy than had to go to dinner with him. But. <laughs> but, John, Thanks for flying massage in the air. What you're telling me yes. is in, the, in, the, in your 120,000 miles last year, you haven't had a single fist fight. There hasn't been a single person who was like, the the demons in my head need to be heard right now to everybody. There Nobody duct taped in their chair. Right. No, I saw a guy get kicked off for not putting his mask on. I saw that happen yeah. in Portland. But yeah, no, you know, plus the other thing is, you know, it's I, I'm up there in first class one ace. I don't know what's happening. Oh, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, there's, the plane is six seats. That's all I know. <laughs> right? Yeah, as it should be. By the way, there's always this really. I get this really this because I I fly a lot, John. You know, whenever yeah. I whenever I walk past the first class people who they always let on first, by the way, which is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see the little kids in first class and their their little feet, I know. don't are, you hate them? I hate, hate them? those children. Yeah. Got their iPad in front of them, and they're just a clam. I'm like, you are you are a tiny little small. You are an oompa loompa. I need that seat. You don't need that mm. seat. Physically, I, I am bigger than you. It disrupts the hierarchy. Uh, is what I'm saying. I understand. So, I understand. John, and you the, hate the kid because yeah. it, he's his parents are elitist, and now this kid is like at the silver spoon. I get that. Right. I get that. Exactly. I don't like yeah. it at all. John, do you avoid eye, do you avoid eye contact with the, the general population as they board when you're in first class? Do you look down? Do you stay busy? No, I look up because there's a lot of people, especially flying out of Seattle, that listen to the show, listen to you guys, listen to Cairo, and they're like, hey, there you are in 1A, there you go, all right, hey, right. Have a, send back a beer over here. Then you can write the flight off the promotion, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. but people are like, oh, you, you first class. As you know, Jack, I don't have a lot of luxuries in my life. When I was living in that cabin without any indoor plumbing, yes, and I used to call Nicole Thompson, my assistant, I'd say, "Fly, get me down to Sacramento, please." She goes, "Okay." The difference between first class and and coach is is a hundred and some bucks. I said, "I don't care." I don't care. I poop outside. You understand me? I don't care. I don't care. I have no shower. I'm flying first class. So that was like my only yeah. luxury that I afforded myself. Because the rest, I was bare bones. I got an Xterra with almost 300,000 miles on it with no driver's side window. I have no luxuries other than not having to wait to get off the plane. That's the only thing I ask. When a plane lands at 3.04 p.m., I'm off at 3.04 p.m. I'm not off at 3.45 because everybody in, <laughs> in front of me is looking for their bag and suddenly surprised that they're in a new land, that they're in a new place, and all of a sudden they remember they're I hate that. So the, Sorry. So my favorite Nicole Thompson story is I, I called Nicole to complain, and uh, I, I'm talking to her, and I, and I noticed that she's a little distracted. I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm booking a flight for John. <laughs> and I said, That's "What's?" Right. I go, "What's the problem with it?" She goes, "It's it's really expensive." And I go, "Well, I don't care. And, right, I don't so, care. They I have go, indoor plumbing and windows." I go, "Well, why why is it an issue?" And she goes, "John said we'll make it up in the hotel." 
and now I'm trying to find a two or three right. star hotel. Yeah, yeah she did. She did. She found me in New York City a six a sixty two dollar hotel in New York City. And when the Uber driver drove up, he went like this. He goes, uh, "Do do do you really want to get Are out you here?" Sure. And I go, I go, yeah, exactly. And I went, oh yeah, I'm getting out. And he goes, John, do you want me to wait for you to get to the elevator? I was like, yeah. I'm like, I'm fine. He goes, I don't, I don't know about this place. I don't know about this place. I'm wow. like, ah, I'm fine. I'm fine. You don't sleep with your eyes open, do you? He goes, if I stayed in that hotel, I would. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty nasty, but yeah, just I don't care about the I don't care about the hotel. Yeah, I think, John, you told me one time, you said it doesn't matter when you close your eyes, which is a very That's dark right. thing to say about being in a hotel room. Yeah, you know, it's pretty. Come out. <laughs> mm, start crawling around. So, uh, yeah. John, there's this idea that's being pitched about uh, potentially a, a, a law that would be that DUI drivers would be required to pay restitution to kids if they are, or of people if they kill or, or disable their parents under a new bill. Ooh. I don't really know. I know one guy in my life who got a DUI, my buddy Nate. And he, other than that one girl that I dated that one time who asked me to blow into the breathalyzer. Oh, so she could start her so car? So she could start her car. Other than that. I can't believe you didn't marry that woman. I know, I should have. She was a real. The keeper. one that got away. A keeper. A real, somebody else started her car. Right. So she's a real go-getter was what she was. She saw a problem, yeah. found a solution, which was a young Jack Stein to blow into the breathalyzer. <laughs> so her car would start. So this guy that I knew, Nate, he was a sweetheart of a man. And unfortunately, he also at the same time worked at Trader Joe's. So he got all the surplus alcohol that they were getting rid of or turning over because the season changed or whatever it was. And so over a very short period of time, he became a pretty vicious alcoholic. He developed a pretty serious uh, booze problem. And he got one DUI, and then he came back to us, and he said, I'm never drinking again. I'm swearing off the sauce. It's only going to be marijuana from here on out. And then about two months later, he got another DUI in which he mm -hmm. also tried to punch the cop car window out. He does not remember this because his, the, the, his girlfriend, who was sober at the time, was trying to tell the cops that she was going to move the car so they wouldn't tow it. And Nate, because he was drunk, thought that they were trying to assault her, so he attempted to punch out the back of a cop window. He went and he did 90 days in county, and then he cleaned up his act. But I guess my, my point when telling that story is, is should the stakes be higher for DUI people who commit, which in my mind is one of the worst crimes that a human being can commit, which is driving under the influence. Mm. So you can already ha bring a civil suit against somebody uh, for the death or injury of a loved one. The driver hits and kills your mother. You can sue them in civil court on that. Correct. The so you already have it in place. I don't know why you'd need the state to get in and criminal charges on it, because that's what often happens. You know, the guy gets a DUI, goes to jail, but then the family can sue as well. well I, think um, I think they're trying to guarantee I, some I kind of. Well, I think they're trying to guarantee some kind of responsibility yeah. outside of the civil lawsuit because not a lot of people have the yeah. means to pursue civil action. Yeah, but then here's the thing. Like, I had a deadbeat dad. He didn't pay child support for like eight years, right? He was just trying to skate through the system and, well, they can catch up with me when they're 18. Mm -hmm. Eventually, he had to pay up in child support. Because right? there was a law in place. Because there was a law in place. But that's the thing. Like, even if you put it in place, this is my concern with it. Can you really get the money? Can you really get the money out of the people if they can prove financial hardship or whatever it is? It seems no. like a good idea, but then in practice. Well, why don't you also charge for murder? So, some, yeah, charge for murder. 
That's no, that's based. If you Why murder, if you murder somebody, well, should be a law that you have to take care of them. Somebody owns a property. Right. Yeah. But, but then there's this. But then there's yeah. this. The other. There's a, okay. This is going to sound really bad. Well, I'm going to tell the story anyway. Uh, when I was He's in first class on this airplane. When I no. So <laughs> Won't make eye contact. When I lived in, <laughs> when I lived in Central California, way out in a little teeny tiny town called Carmel Valley, California, very small vineyard town. Okay. You know, Doris Day. Lots of rich people live out there who want to be left alone. The rich and the famous, they buy houses. Guys from Earth, Wind, and Fire had a house out there so they could record their albums and be left alone. Anyway, what would happen is that there was the one liquor store. <laughs> John, are you not a fan of Earth, Wind, and Fire, my well, friend? I mean, you know, Doris Day and Earth, it, Wind, and Fire, who wouldn't want to live there? I love them. In fact, that they all live in the same house. <laughs> I said, yeah. I, yeah, it's a party over Do, at Doris Day. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> so there was this one liquor store that was also the gas station and the convenience store in that town because it was so small. And what would happen is that if, and I saw this my entire childhood, is that guys would walk up to the counter, they'd have like a six-pack or they'd have a 12-pack, and the guy behind the counter would say, do you want a little brown bag for the one for the road? Because it's an old country road that these guys would drive down where there's basically nobody out there. There's a part of me, I know this sounds really bad, there's a part of me that says, is that really so bad? person having one beer as they're driving home on a country road is that really so i know it's that sounds weird it's a lot different than somebody having five or six martinis and then driving away from the met grill down third avenue that's well, a world of difference you give right? him a paper bag if he buys beer but not if he drives a bottle of booze right he buys a bottle of smirnoff you don't want to give him a paper bag right. for the road, <laughs> right. i'm just right? saying i'm just I, saying no, i hear you i hear you so are there some way i know this sounds really bad but my thinking is 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 it aren't there some circumstances where maybe we are a little bit too like ugh. too nanny state, right? Too nanny state, too mommy state, whatever it is, right? John has no comment you just on can't this. Have, you, no, no, no. I do, I do. You can't. You, the, you. It's basically just no. You have zero tolerance for any of it. You can't take a roadie with you. Oh, it's just one a beer. Roadie. Well, how about two? How about three? You know, <laughs> no you just can't have any. Yeah, that that's the, that can do people you. have the ability? I think that's why we have so many laws in place because people technically can't control their behavior in can't, that we can't circumstance. Be no, right? I think a society we can, we've proven we can't that, be trusted. And that's the conclusion that I always come back yeah. to, which is like I don't think that people. I think you give that guy a brown paper bag, and I'm, th- I'm thinking. All of a sudden, that guy builds up a tolerance, and then he's on his third roadie as he's driving down right. a country road. It's a longer then, road than he thought. And then all of a sudden, things start to change a little bit. Then maybe he's moving around with his cell phone or whatever, trying to put Earth, Wind, and Fire greatest hits on his. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, they do, if, if they do pass law, this is a DUI, someone found guilty, has to be financially responsible to dependents, right? Is that going to be passed along to insurance costs? I mean, if, if, how, how are you going to make sure someone can fulfill that obligation? Right. Unless it's part of their car insurance. And then the car oh. insurance rates go through the roof for everybody because, you know, insurance works. Everybody pays. So the, the people who need it the most will have it. That's how insurance companies stay in business. John, is this the limits of your libertarianism? Wow, that's is this, good, Spike. Is this, Thanks. Is this kind of where the, the limits of your libertarianism lie when it comes to, to operating a vehicle and being under the influence? No, I, I, I think we've all experienced that horrible call from somebody that says somebody has been killed or in high school, you know, you know, the kids, Bob, me and Pat Gadaris and, uh, Bob Barry, Pat Gadaris and Joe, me and all killed on uh, country club road. Now I'm 50, 61 years old. 
I remember that. I was 16 years old. I remember hearing it when I went to practice on Monday of football that those guys had died, and then all the stories about it. Right. So everybody's heard it. Everyone has experienced it. It's a tragedy. The difference is you can't all of a sudden say, well, a DUI, a life lost in DUI has more value than somebody being shot and killed in a murder. So why are you going to have to make the person responsible for the death of the DUI pay when the guy that picked up the gun and intentionally shot the person in the head, why is that person also now financially responsible? for the family members you can't create the distinction between the two um and as spike brings up a good point it, you know the person would not pay and then what are you going to do um so it, it it's it's not going to stop people from drinking and driving people will continue to drink and drive um thank god society has changed now my mother and father used to have cocktail parties where people would come over there'd be no food just little cheese balls <laughs> and nuts in a jar <laughs> and and chocolate mints that we would eat later on but just be Pounding the alcohol, yeah, highballs and, and martinis, like, yeah, yeah, falling out of their chairs and f- pouring them into their seats and then driving home. I'm like, fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, fine, Seven, fine, hey, you guys fine. Are well, that's we used to sit upstairs as kids and like listening to everybody laughing. We're like, why are they having such a good time now? Are they watching cartoons? <laughs> you know, so now societies, no one has a cocktail party like that anymore. Mad so, Men has good. a great scene in it where. The if you've never seen it, Don Draper's boss Roger Sterling comes over and they're drinking highballs and martinis and the whole nine. And then he gets up to leave and he's a little woozy. Wobbly, yeah. He's a little wobbly and he says, "I'm fine to drive." And then the next day, when Don goes into the office, as it turns out, he actually crashed his Pontiac and the and the cop drove him home. Right. <laughs> so he gets sleep drove him home. And I'm thinking, man, it's it must have been the most libertarian we probably ever were as a society was like 1950 to 1957. Where if you got a DUI, uh, Officer O'Malley would just put you in the back and take you up and tuck you in before you uh, had to go to work. The That's next before day. we started suing the police for not doing their job. Oh, right, exactly. You know? Exactly. At least be they would pour out your beer. <laughs> we 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 get caught as teenagers with beer. The cops would pour our beer out, right, yeah, and yeah, send yeah. us home or right. drive right. us home, right. It's, and now you're going to jail. Now you're going to jail because they'll get sued if they don't. Mr. Curley, thank you so much for agreeing to yes, come sir. twice thank a week, you, my, my friend. Sorry about my tardy arrival. No. All right, talk to you Tuesday. You guys have a great show. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. You can hear Mr. John Curley every Monday through Friday right here on Cairo Radio from 3 to 7. And what the greatest part about listening to John Curley is that sometimes he does funny voices or sometimes he'll tell a funny story. And that's nice. That's your favorite part. It's great. Uh, yep, that's all I really yeah. pay attention for. I, I listen know. for Joe. <laughs> to be honest, if I, had to, if I had to be honest. And Sherry's such a heartthrob. She's a sweetheart. She's oh, such a great her. show. All right, we'll take a really quick break when we get back. Mickey Gomez. So, Light Rail, everybody's been talking about. It's kind of a mess. But Mickey Gomez did a little bit of digging, was actually talking to people about, because, you know, people have been taking the Light Rail more because the weather's been so bad. Mm-hmm. She did a little bit of digging about this. It's actually worse than what Sound Transit was saying. We're going to talk about it. I think she did more digging than Light Rail did when they put the flat tracks in. (laughs) We'll talk about it when we get back right after this. Yes, wherever you listen to podcasts. You know it would be really great if people left us a review on any of the podcasts. A rating and review would be fine. Mm. It doesn't really matter if it's a good one or a bad one because... uh, 
either way our metrics go up. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So. It matters to me. I would like a good one. I mean, I'd prefer them to be good, but I just I saw somebody gave us a one star review, and I was like, I hope that person knows that they're just contributing to the data overall engagement, which for us is just like, you know what I mean? It's just good times, right? It's sure. just uh, where's that thing? Oh, here it is. You know what I'm saying? Way to find the silver lining. Right. I mean, you yeah. could you could not like it, and if you let us know on the internet. That's right, we, getting yeah, paid anyway. Me for money. Mickey Gomez joins us in the studio me, because Mickey, mm-hmm. light mail, light mail. God, I'm so got, I've got COVID fatigue. Have you ever had this? You had COVID? I had COVID yeah. last week. What? All last week. I'm feeling run down right now. I know your lovely wife had COVID, mm-hmm. and then I had COVID, and now I'm suffering from COVID fatigue. And oh so no! I feel yeah, like brain death. fog. Yeah, oh, that brain Low fog energy. is real. Right. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And so I had to will myself out of bed this morning. Aww. I had to physically, I had to will myself. I said, you can do it, little guy. You can <laughs> you can do it, bud. Then you really to, call yourself yeah. little guy? Yeah. Then he has right. to do the crawl through a cash. It, like yeah. A sea of cash. It's just a sea just, of money. <sighs> I and I was like, I was like Scrooge McDuck, just gold coins. <laughs> and then you were thinking about those reviews and cha yeah. <laughs> So Mickey, yeah. the light rail mess uh-huh. is worse than sound transit warned. Now, you pointed out to me that a lot more people are taking light rail because the weather's been so bad. Yeah. And so you want to break it down for us? What's going on out there? Yeah. So, you know, they did say that this was going to be a major disruption. Yes. Um, I don't think we realized just how disruptive it was going to be. Only one train at a time can go through the downtown Seattle Tunnel because of track and signal work. Ugh. Now they've got to jackhammer those iron tracks out of there. So that's, you know, causing a lot of dust. And then they've got, you know, diesel fumes um, that are, you know, they've got four big fans at the Westlake station that are pushing those diesel fumes out into the community. Uh, let's see. They also have almost 50 uh, track signals that they've got to replace those signal boxes. They've got to replace that. Um, if you miss the one train that's going through the downtown tunnel, you may end up on a train that's going to turn around before it gets the tunnel. Did you catch all that? I mean, does it, it make sense? It just sounds like it, <laughs> yeah. so the, it's supposed to be a system. It's, mm-hmm. I was told this is going to be like a European-esque system where, you know, like Europeans, they leave their, they leave their, what I don't know what it is. They leave their apartment and they go down to the local corner market and then they, Andrew, I think we're getting a little bit of talk back in our ears right now. So every time I talk, I can hear myself. You said you wanted to hear from him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did say that. Yeah. Careful what you wish for. I'm getting a rebound of my own voice, which is nice, mm-hmm. but also I want to pay attention to what I'm saying because it sounds so good. Yeah. So, so but you know, you know something like the idea behind the light rail was I walk out of my apartment, I go to the train, I get on the train. It, mm-hmm. This is a system that's been in Paris. It's been in the UK. This is something that's been around for uh, hundreds of years in many places. We're having a hard time just with the one. Yeah. It's pretty bad, right? Yeah. Well, passengers like this woman that I spoke to this morning says the disruption means more travel time for her. I'd have to get up earlier than before and plan more than before. Yeah. How much earlier? Like, mm, I'd say an hour before. Yeah. Ugh. So she's, yeah. Ugh. So if you wake up at five, you got to get up at four. Ugh. You know, she yeah. says the delay is understandable. The tunnel needs work. And, and it's not that old. It's what, 2015? So the, 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 the tracks mm-hmm. we're talking about, right? It's not like it was built in the 1890s. Right. Well, <laughs> wasn't it the 1912 World's Fair? Right. Yeah. It's not like New York's MTA, right? right, right, right is right. what you're trying to say. Right. Sound Transit says it hopes to have, you know, everything back to full service on February the 5th. Oh. Now, I did speak to uh, John Donovan, and he's tell he tells us that, you know, he's had good luck with the train 
until now. Well, I happened to walk down to the platform on Tuesday and Wednesday, and right as I got down there, the train pulled up going back to my house, so I haven't experienced delays yet. That's good news for you then, right? Yeah, but it looks like I'm about to, though. Yeah, he was about to. He was like, yeah, I haven't had any delays. Oh, we've got delays. Yeah, (laughs) I'm experiencing the delays now. This is, for whatever reason, I just had a flashback memory. Maybe it's because my COVID brain or whatever it is. Uh-huh. But one time I was flying to meet my band mm-hmm. and I, I had to get, catch like a really early flight. It was like a 4.30 a.m. flight. It was miserable. But for whatever reason, this flight was cross, cross-country flight and it was totally packed. And so I have my guitar with me along mm-hmm. with my travel bag because it was a very expensive vintage guitar. So I bought the seat next to me. <laughs> So I could travel with this guitar because the value of the guitar was a lot more than the value of the seat. So I am in the airport and I take my guitar case, which is a travel, you know, it's a Pelican case. I mean, these things are bulletproof. Yeah. And I pop my feet up on top of the case and I lean back and all of a sudden get a little bit of case of the Mimi's. I just Mm, immediately fall mm -hmm. asleep. Me, 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 right there. Right there. I wake up. It is then 730 in the morning. The sun is coming in. And the terminal I am at is empty. No one is around. And I had missed my flight. So, uh, and I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, nobody bothered to come over to me and say, hey, bud, they've been calling for, for Jay Stein. <laughs> oh, for no. About, nobody bothered to do that. And then I thought to myself, because I slept with my head back, the apnea must have been horrendous, right? The snoring must oh, have wow. been absolute. And nobody thought to either A, save me from suffocating myself in my sleep, <laughs> or B, waking me up I'm so, sorry. so that I could go, <laughs> so that I could catch my flight. So I'm thinking to myself, in this airport, I go, what am I going to do? Now, I, I caught the next flight, but point being, delays are a miserable experience, Horrible. whether you're trying to fly cost country with your very expensive guitar or whether you're just trying to get to get work. Get home from right. work or right. yeah. at four in the morning. So One, one, uh, one passenger said that, uh, that it's okay that she's got a little bit of a delay because she gets caught up on the bus. And I was like, oh, so the bus is faster? She's like, yeah, when I get on the bus, we make up for time and I get to work 30 minutes early. So works out for her. I feel bad. I just have to walk down the street to get to work. I just walk. I'm just minding my own business. Yeah. You know, Green Acres is a place to be. And I just mm-hmm. walk right down the street. Perhaps there's a dog that prevents me from getting to work on time every so often. because I stop pet him. got to stop yeah, and pet him. Sure you do. Yeah. But then I listen to other people and I was just talking to some of the people that I work with around here, Mickey, and they're like, I'm like, where, so where are you coming from? Ah, oh, like 45 minutes south. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I feel yeah. bad because I don't take light rail, which is available to me. Yeah, yeah. Spike. What? You, I don't. Spike, you have okay. light rail? Spike sure. lives like 30. He can literally touch it from his backyard. And, and for, the noise gets a little much at times. No, no, but uh, no, but there, there is, now they're going to extend the light rail past Northgate. Yeah, Linwood. When they do, then that will be even closer. And even I feel even worse when I decide not to take it and drive alone in my car. Well, in listen, the HOV lanes, by I the spoke way. to Sound Transit's John Gallagher. He's their spokesperson. And he yeah. said that drivers at, right now might actually see some of the trains going up to Linwood and back because they're they're practicing. They're practicing. Yeah, my, my wife actually was telling me, it's open. I'm like, no, no honey, it's no, not open. No, it's not going to open <laughs> until open. John Gallagher says that the Linwood extension should open in the fall, which is fall like, that's year? amazing. Yeah, this fall. Well, I'll, I'll believe when they say said mid-February, you said, for, mm-hmm. the, for the repairs downtown. Mm-hmm. If they come through on that one, then maybe I'll buy this February the 5th okay. should be back to normal. I hope so. And then the Linwood extension in the fall of 2024. Mickey Gomez, you're the best. You're very welcome. Thank you. With this information. By the way, that flight, I just... I can't believe you slept and nobody woke you up. Nobody woke me up. And, and the, the, the terminal empties out and there's a guy sleeping. And I'm and suffocating no one thought, to death. No one from the, from the airline thought... 
They I'm, couldn't. They, he's just not responding. Right. Want to check the guy sleeping on the garden? I think yeah. he needed the rest. I and <laughs> I, it wasn't like I was across on the opposite side of the terminal. I was You're like at the gate. I was three seats away from the gate, and none of the flight attendants were like. Hey, that young punk rocker who looks like he's the third member of Fall Out Boy. Maybe we should ask him if he maybe is on this flight. Nobody thought about it. I think it's airline employee vengeance. Right. I, I think, think they so. let you sleep and the other knowing thing that, it was you. The other you. thing that I will say is a, a little bit of race. Nobody, you could have easily stolen that guitar from me at any point in time, which I later sold and I regret every day of my life <laughs> up until I met Joe Riggio and he rebuilt it for me, which is an amazing story that I'll tell some other time. Oscars 2024. Nobody really cares. Why is this the case? What happened? The Oscars. Billy Crystal used to be a huge ordeal. Had to see it. Must see TV. Why is it now just a a huge joke? I can tell you exactly the moment that this happened, and we shall discuss when we get back right after this. The 2024 Oscars are coming up, and a lot of people out there haven't seen any of these movies. I understand it. Movies can be pretty boring sometimes. They can be long. They can be ponderous. They can be a huge waste of time. Other times, they can be fantastic. So, But I understand, why, like, does anybody want to sit through three hours of Oppenheimer? Three hours of uh, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon? I mean, movies are getting longer. They're getting more ponderous. Why, getting, why is that? Why, are are, are directors know. just being indulged? I think they're being indulged. And like, no one wants to tell Scorsese, hey, man, you might want to trim off 30 minutes off of Killers of the Flower Moon because it's a bit too long. But, however, comma... Nobody watches the Oscars anymore. It's been a pretty steady ratings decline for about 15 years. It's not really a new talking point to have, but I have maintained this argument for quite some time, which I want to elucidate for you now, Mr. O'Neill, which is basically this. I can tell you the exact moment in which the Oscars died because it was so awkward and it was so uncomfortable that it, there is a moment in which people went, what am I watching? Why am I watching this? This is too much, even for me. Can, can I make a quick guess? Yes. The slap? No. That was no. That was probably the highlight of the Oscars. Will oh, Smith, that was a high water mark. Right. That was a high water mark. Okay. This is, this is when okay. this is when Francis McDormand won the Oscar for three billboards over Ebbing, Missouri. Okay. Right? Oh yeah. Which I love the movie. Yeah, I know. I understand that. And she goes up there and she gives like the most unhinged detached speech which for mom and pop america they have no idea what she's talking about she's basically an alien this isn't joe pesci getting up there and saying thanks so much and then walking off the stage this isn't adrian brody going up there and saying you know whether you pray to to allah or god or whatever it is we're all human beings this isn't any of that right this isn't anything of, of significance this is her literally going insane on stage and I think that people finally were like, "Why? This is weird. It's uncomfortable. It's cringe-inducing." Here's what that sounded like so many years ago. <laughs> so I'm hyperventilating a little bit. If I fall over, pick me up because I've got some things to say. We are a bunch <laughs> of hooligans and anarchists, but we do clean up nice. I want to thank every single person in this building, and my sister Dorothy. I love you, Dot. And I especially want to thank my clan. Joel and Pedro Mick Cohen. These two stalwart individuals like, were well raised by their feminist mothers. They they value themselves. I'm physically each other, cringing. And those around them. Okay. I know you are proud of me, and that fills me with everlasting joy. And now I want to get some perspective. 
If I may be so honored to have all the female nominees in every category stand with me in this room tonight. There's something about it. Meryl, if you do it, everybody else will. Come on. That is, it seems like I'm watching a country club. The directors, the writers, the I'm not, you know, it's not accessible. You can kill it. No, you know, you make you make a great point that I never contemplated before. It's, that it's, it's inside baseball. It's inside baseball. Yeah. We're hooligans and anarchists. No, you're not. Well, everybody you're in the, the room, wealthiest people the room on the planet. Everybody in the room got it, though. Right, right. but that's what I'm saying, is yeah. that previously, I see Ed Harris. Hey, that guy's just like me. I see Robert Duvall. Oh, wow, that guy's just like me. He gets it. I see Robert Redford, whatever it might be. Now I've got Frances McDormand up there, and she's reciting poetry like she's Jack Kerouac. We're all hooligans and anarchists. You're all multimillionaires. You're all the the elites of society, and you're Mm -hmm. up there. Joel and Pedro uh, uh, Cohen, who were raised by their feminist mothers. It's like Pedro is her son. She's talking about herself. Mm -hmm. That's weird. And I think that when people see that, they become more and more detached from it. It's no longer Billy Crystal up there right. being funny and interesting. America. Inter- it, they're entertaining themselves. They, they, right. They were, she was entertaining the room. Right. Was, wasn't this in the height of Me Too? It was. Right. And they, were, and they were drawing attention to the, uh, the, the the lack of female recognition in their industry, which I get, but it's inside baseball. It's inside and baseball. And mom and pop on a couch in Illinois, in Arkansas, in Maine. In, right. They don't care. It's not Whoopi Goldberg doing funny sketches anymore. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's no, like you're, you're spot really on. weird. It's not entertainment for us. It's entertainment for them. And that is Bingo. never fun. Andrew, A+. plus, Great job working through the power surges. Nate Connors, A+, plus as well, just for being the best-looking guy in the building. Laura, A+, plus for editing that weird speech for me. I know it was cringy to listen to. Spike, I'm going to give you a C-minus today. You didn't... Uh, I, mean, I felt it coming. <laughs> I, felt it. I, knew it, I knew it was coming. I felt it. I felt it coming. Stick around for John and Jerry. Here's your quote of the day. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? That that drove me from rock radio to classic rock radio. I fled Limp Biscuit for the comfort and security of Steely Dan. <laughs> <laughs>